so much to do, so little time, so why not waste any more of it? Fast Five at Five-ish right now. It's time for the Fast Five at Five-ish. Five fast-paced, quick-witted things you need to know right now. Number five. Lost in all the hubbub about the Liberty Flames is the fact that Kennedy Charles suffered a season-ending leg injury in the win against Old Dominion this past Saturday. I hate it for that guy. He had injuries at the start of the year. He's had injuries that popped up over the back half of the season. Um, you know, He turned down other opportunities to leave Liberty and transfer out to remain at Liberty and be part of uh, building what you know, seems to be a foundation in the first year of hopefully for Flames fans many more uh, with the Jamie Chowell era and stuck around with the coaching staff change. Uh, and you just hate it when something like this happens. Um, again, you know, if it does happen like this and, and Chowell also were to leave at the same time, I think that would be the sucky part for Liberty because you start to get at that point a real understanding of the business side of things and then players start making those decisions and uh, it's hard to get buy-in over a longer period of time. Just given the era of this. Um, again, the Chadwell stuff is separate, but a guy that could have left and had opportunities that may have been more lucrative was Kennedy Charles and yet stuck around, seems to really believe in the mission of Liberty University and likes the atmosphere and environment, and yet injuries plagued him for much of this season. Uh, I have no doubt over the long haul, there'll be a better story that can come out of this for someone like that. But I mean, from a what he did on the football field standpoint, yeah, it's under it's underwhelming, but it's not through any fault of his own, uh, to my knowledge, at least. I'm unless there are things he could have done in terms of injury prevention but let's be honest it's a physical sport injuries are going to happen in a lot of cases uh you know these are it's just the cost of playing a game like this that sometimes luck is not on your side when that happens speaking of luck number four some people will say this is skill but i absolutely would say this is luck a better in florida wonder how he pulled this one off by the way won five and a half million dollars on a five hundred thousand dollar four-leg parlay when the Houston Texans knocked off the Cincinnati Bengals 30-27 to this past Sunday. So this news is out there on a couple of fronts. This is just my sports betting PSA of the day. First of all, I cursed here in the fast lane. I used the P word, ends in a Y, parlay. Not a fan of those. Trey used them a lot more than Ed. Trey curses a lot more than I do. Um, to me, it's it's horrible value. Let's just say a, a three-team parlay should normally be eight to one odds. You're going to get about six to one odds on them. So you're getting absolutely hosed in terms of the value you could get on a parlay. It's fun, yes, to sprinkle something and think of a big payout. But sprinkling $500,000 on a parlay? Oh, of course there's a reason why this information is out there. The sports books want you to bet more parlays because... The likelihood of hitting them is low, and the likelihood of throwing a lot of money away is high. Think of it this way. So we've had professional handicappers on. Guys like Paul Stone, Kenny White, and Drew Dinsick. Other respected individuals who do this on a much larger scale and have multiple years of success to their resume. Those people are about 55% against the spread. So the odds are if they did a three-team parlay, three teams, two of them would hit and one of them would fail. And that would be successful because if they go two and one every week, that's 66%. That is way ahead of expectations. Now you mean to tell me you're going to go 75% or 100%? Uh, Yeah, there's a reason why. Parlays can be fun in small doses, 
but it should only be done in small doses or no doses if you're more serious about turning this into a job. Number three. Legacy Motor Club yesterday naming Ben Bayshore as the crew chief for John Hunter Nemechek's number 42 Toyota Camry in the NASCAR Cup Series starting in 2024. Here are a couple of nuggets. If you're wondering where I've heard that name before, Ben Bayshore, first of all, he was the crew chief for Kyle Busch in the back half of KFB's tenure at Joe Gibbs Racing, which ended in 2022. Um, seemed like Kyle Busch had issues there, but I mean, Kyle Busch has had issues with a lot of crew chiefs. So, uh, you know, it's part of doing business with Kyle Busch. He can be testy at times to deal with on the uh, radio and cut some of his smart out. Here's the other thing. Ben Bayshore is an esteemed graduate of Virginia Tech University. Um, should he be deemed more esteemed than our own Trey Lyle? We probably, will leave probably. that up to no, you. He, he just want he uh, he had the best car in the Xfinity Series this year. So there it is. Just he was a uh, fantastic driver for much of this crew season. chief. Speaking of fantastic, number that's two. me. Undefeated and nationally ranked James Madison will host College Game Day this coming weekend. Third time the show will come to Harrison Park. First time since 2017 before the Dukes moved up to 1A FBS football. Trey, I maintain your idea that Charlie Baker, the new NCAA president, should appear on that show. He should be uh, escorted to the show and announce JMU as being bowl eligible and that NCAA Division One and 1A football will reverse its absurd and archaic rule. Now, am I holding my breath that this is going to happen? Absolutely not. But would it be wonderful theater and something for which Trey Lyle is worthy of a thank you note from the JMU faithful and maybe even the NCAA for getting good publicity out of this? Absolutely. And number one on the Fast Five at Five-ish. Of course, we want to wrap up the Fast Five at Five-ish with some hard-hitting insight. Quote, Heartbreaking loss to the Seattle Seahawks today. Defensively, we couldn't come up with a big play to stop Seattle during their last two drives. End quote. Can you possibly guess who uttered that bit of written insight? On his Twitter account. Da da da! Magic Johnson, yes. He of fantastic Twitter lore. Great insight that he provides. Look, hey, he's providing exposure to the team. Uh, he is very well regarded by many, but some of the tweets that come from Magic Johnson, you have to kind of laugh and roll your eyes because it's not exactly providing the most hard hitting insight and analysis if you think we're soft and some of the things we say that's the case now to his credit magic johnson did not stir anything up after the game so you know again if we're going to come at him in that regard uh it's also worth mentioning that we have come at him uh for the fact that you know a couple of weeks ago he got a little more critical after the loss to the chicago bears and it comes differently for him uh, so yes we are kind of tongue-in-cheek in what we're saying about the Laker legend. And there is your Fast Five at Five-ish. Speaking of legendary, did we have a legendary weekend in our picks? Time to keep receipts and analyze what that really means outside of just gloating or mourning our picks because that's what everyone cares about from their favorite sports talk personalities. It's time to keep receipts. We told you we coming. We told you we coming. You thought we was joking. And guess what? We keep receipts. God bless you, America. So see how right or how wrong Ed and Trey are with their picks. Do you believe in that? Huh? 
Oh, no, no, no. All right, Trey, it's time to... Well, I'm how, how, do you think you did? How, how do you think we did? Good, bad, middle? I would lean middle, Trey. I think we did good. We did. 16 and 13. That was Ed. 17 and 12. So shout out to Caitlin Clark for getting me back in the ball game. We are both now tied at 110, 102, and 5. Uh, my best, uh, both of our best uh, tech covered pretty easily. Can I pause for just a second? You said the money line. This is, by the way, the second time because the Wake Forest game was the other where I was insistent that I wanted the money line, not minus one and a half. But and in both you, cases, it never it came blowout. close to mattering. So yeah, um, Dallas. Uh, I had Dallas covering and the over, so I gave myself that. Uh, you, I put your worst is the Giants-Cowboys under. The Dallas Cowboys got the over basically by themselves. Uh, I, put, I put Georgia on there because they rolled in that one. I felt really good about um, that one. ODU, both a bad one for us. Yep. Um, uh, let me interject for a second. There are certain times where you make a projection and you can tell right off the bat that it just isn't going to come home. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. That was uh, obvious. For me, I put Seattle in there. Uh, they never really covered. They were close to covering in that game. And I think the Pats should have covered or actually even should have won that game if like Mac Jones puts five more yards of air he has a touchdown to Mike Gusecki and they win so but and, and again uh, uh one I got hosed on but I put as your best is Utah covering against Washington I felt really if, vindicated if the guy runs into the end zone into the end zone Washington covers. Someone might may or may not have had that in real life and was a little upset. Because you also had you get you get the safety, so it goes to seven. You're like, all right, just any score. Now you get the cover, and then they get the field goal late, and and it's just an awful, awful. It was on Scott Van Pelt's bad beats last night, and I I felt bad about it. So yeah, so one ten, one hundred two, and five. Uh, so we're uh, we're off and rolling. We are, Trey. We are off and rolling from that. Um, I mean, that was just... I get your frustration. Yeah. We've all had those type of games should where be, you... I should be one up on you. I mean, I might have been in tennis where it's just like the worst projections imaginable. Anj Jabor winning the... Uh, winning uh, uh, the first set of Wimbledon a couple of years ago at 32-1 to 1 odds, and she lost the second and third sets in the match. And it's just like, well, there goes 990 bucks that I could have possibly won. It was only $30, but it's like, really? What could have been? 990 Poof! Gone! So they, we all have those where you just scratch your head. So my condolences to you on that trade. Tomorrow in the Fast Lane, more on Jamie Chadwell and Liberty and everything else. Fast Lane, Ned Lane, Facebook, Twitter, and stuff.